0: Hey guys, and welcome to episode 319 of The Startup Diary. I'm Harrison Rudge and I'm with my co-host, Adam Callum. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. And
1: if you're new here, this is where myself and Harry jump on the mics to share what it's truly like to build a small business, from bootstrapping it to raising some seed funding to venture capital. And we make mistakes every single day, so we're trying to help you avoid the same mistakes that we make. Fun fact about number 319, Harry. We do this so sporadically, it's just it's a bit of a joke now. Three one nine is an odd composite number composed of two prime numbers multiplied together. Top of your head, what two prime numbers are multiplied together to make three one nine?
0: I wouldn't even wanna I don't even wanna dare embarrass myself. I'm really gonna much. give the
1: listeners five seconds. Three one nine, two prime numbers, eleven and twenty nine. Hi, what are we talking about on today's show, mate?
0: <laughs> um, that is a great question. Uh, after a rocky start, Adam, we've got a few things to talk about. Hiring is the is the topic of today, which while I mention it, I'm gonna actually make a note of that so I don't forget later because that's pro tip for me. I like to add notes when we make the show so it makes my editing easier. Should we just dive straight into hiring? We're yeah. hiring, we're getting busy.
1: I think the key thing is for me is we we've sort of like dotted about with this before a mm. few times. And to be honest, I think we always will, because I think as as I'm learning more about running this business, we're a 11, 12 person team now. Um, I just, I'm seeing the impact of making good hires. Mm. So I've sort of spent the last three months running up to the end of our financial year. So our financial year ends in uh, end of April. So May is our first month of our new financial year. So we had our budget, sort of Feb time. So I spent the rest of that time working on sort of strategy for the rest of the year. And what it really boiled down to is we don't need to do anything new. We just need to do the same but better. And to do it better, we just need to increase the capacity of the mm. team, bigger and better. So what I ended up doing is basically drawing this crazy uh, double-sided flywheel with the help of uh, Richard Chappell, uh, sort of helped me outline that in my head. Uh, and then it's like a Rain Man brain dump on the whiteboard exactly um, and if you want to go see that it's actually on the Instagram I, I think I actually did it all on an Instagram time-lapse thing <laughs> don't ask me the Instagram handle um, it's, been, <laughs> it's been so long startup podcast there you go always the professional so out of that exercise what it came basically what came out of that exercise the last three months was I just need to become a talent agent for the next three months mm-hmm. I just need to find some like A players and bring them into the team because that's the thing, that's our bottleneck right now is capacity. Um, So I've I've basically made a list of roles. There's eight roles I'm trying to fill. Um, And that's a big jump to go from like 12, basically to 20 people. Uh, That's not gonna happen overnight. That's gonna happen in the next eight months. Mm -hmm. So taking us to the end of the year, basically. And I've basically just put time in my diary now. So May, June and July, just to be what I classed as a talent agent so the first three roles that I'm hiring are uh, a BDM uh, which is a business development manager uh, an account manager um, because Edie's no longer the business and if you want to go listen to that I think there's a very clickbaity title somewhere called Goodbye or Farewell or something to that effect Goodbye Special Goodbye Special can't remember the number Uh, and then (laughs) I can't say the numbers today so (laughs) Uh, and then the third one is a designer Um, so I just wanted to give a quick update and then sort of talk through that so the BDM um that so I can, so what I do in the business is basically I, I hunt, I hunt the new business and then at the moment I manage that business as well because he's mm-hmm. no cool. longer there. We don't have an account manager. So what I wanted to do is make sure that I retain our existing clients and our accounts uh, and make sure they have got the, the same uh, level of service they used to, if not better. Um, so, because we need to go above and beyond to make sure there's no lapse. So what I've uh, basically decided to do is hire someone to look after anything from like a one to a five K deal in the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should be someone else. So, um, Let's suppose you got the episode title of that to hand to you. Which one? Uh, one where we interviewed Alan Graves. So it was an interesting one because uh, me and Alan go back a little bit, but we actually got him onto the mics uh, during that interview process because it wasn't a normal one. We actually hired him as a consultant for, I think, a total of nine days, worked together, got him inside the business. And during that time period, we got to sort of look under the hood of what it would be like to work together. And for me, that was a really interesting exercise.
0: Mm. So interestingly enough... And only for me because I'm looking at the numbers. So Alan Graves was episode 303. Uh, the Goodbye Special was 313. Both of those palindromes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he does the hands. I can't even describe the hands, but when your had teacher's telling you off and they put their hands together, that's what that reminds me of. Um, so yeah, go and check that out. That would just be a quick introduction to Alan. Uh, but I guess the next thing I really want to speak about was we had a really interesting interview last week, didn't we? We did. So we were we were hiring for a designer, um, not a web designer, so more of a graphic designer. So we do loads of assets in creative for for us. We don't do enough for us, to be honest. We always mm-hmm. all our focus goes on clients' work, which is a problem. Uh, we need to need to shine our own stuff. Uh, so we're looking for a graphic designer because you're an amazing storyteller through video. You end up getting pulled onto other stuff that isn't sort of like core to your role or even core to what you enjoy. So we just needed a designer yeah. to do that. Um, so I went through and put that on to a bunch of different job sites. And it's amazing how many people think they can be a designer from all different walks mm. of life. Yeah,
0: even 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 for the role I am hiring for, like, it's... Uh, I get it. What they're doing is they're just playing the numbers game. It's like I'll just hit apply on any and every job that's going and hope something sticks and someone will ask me in. But it's being on the other side of that is... It's <laughs> It's like, I'm going like, there's no, first of all, there's no cover letter. So, like, and I, I never used to think that cover letters were a big deal, but then you realize when you're trying to separate yourself from the 600 other CVs that are coming in, yep. cover letters help. And then when you look at the CV, it's like, no relevant experience, no links to anything that even shows they do anything related to that topic in their own time. It's like, well... Like, Help me out here, guys. Uh, exactly. I'm trying. Like, I've given you the two minutes to look at your CV. You need to, like, give me a little something. So, But exactly
1: on that note is, I guess for anyone listening, if you're applying for roles, just one out of cover letter, but just to personalise the first two sentences puts you in the top 5% of people that apply for these roles. As in, if you're like, hi, saw you were advertising this role, quickly checks out experttrades.com, love the fact you work in the trade space, think it'd be a really interesting space to work, Mm. blah, the rest of it can be copy and paste. Like, cool, you've got our attention now because you've done something a little bit different.
0: Yeah, even even like just customizing it to the job description. Yep. It (laughs) (laughs) makes the person that's looking at the CVs and everything like that feel they need to at least give it a bit more time. Yep. Because it's like, okay, he's obviously took the time to at least... Copy the the key elements and add that into a template uh, cover letter, so it's like okay, okay, he's trying. So then you 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 give it more, you give it more time. Hundred percent, and I think the the length of the the process and the cycle that you go
1: through completely depends on the role. So as we'll get into this role, we fill fairly quick. If you look at someone like Alan's role, we, we mm. hired him as a consultant before yep. we even wanted to give him a job so we could really see each other. And then you've got the in-between role, which is um, Sam, who we're, we're making an offer to today, actually at the point of recording this as an account manager. Oh, nice. Yeah, so um, it, it was interesting for me sort of looking at this over the weekend is actually the length of cycles mm. for each role and the level of due diligence that I do on them before hiring them is, is a real big indication to the impact they're going to make on the business. Not necessarily the, the the upside, but the downside is what I've paid attention to. Mm. It's like if the designer's no good, you just fuck him off. Like you just you just goes.
0: Yeah, I I also think on that when it's when someone is producing some sort of measurable yeah. uh, return, whether it's visual or whether it's like hard numbers, like it's very easy for like a sales role, for example, that you can you can hire someone fairly quick because they've they've chatted the chat. And it's like, well, you still need to do the numbers when you're in, and if you don't, you're gone. So yeah, measurable.
1: Yeah, I think one thing though with a sales role is if you if you're hiring someone to do just like a um, pound the phones exercise, which mm. is come to the office, make 100 calls a day, outbound, sell this advertising space in this newsletter. Fine, give me ten of those. Give me five people. I'll bring. I'll hire more for a month. The winner stays. The rest mm. of them go. With Alan's role, it's a little bit harder because it's more of a relationship role. So then I really wanted to make sure that I'm putting him in front of brands we already work with, which is a lot of revenue for our Mm -hmm. business proportionally. Um, Do I trust him to look after those accounts? So he's like the external rep for the company. That took some time because it's, one, it's what I do and I really enjoy it and I'm really good at it as a salesperson. Um, But two, there is if he's the wrong hire, you can really damage stuff. Mm. So I think the way that I think about this is, what's the upside? We know the upside. We've got budgets, we've got goals, we've got outcomes. What's the downside of getting this hire wrong? And that's what I've realized impact my my hiring cycle. Uh, but I just wanted to talk about that, that process. So um, designer came through and he had a really boring CV, um, but he, he applied a cover letter and he applied some um,
0: some indication that he'd thought about this and he'd looked at us as a company. Yeah, because I'm having that sort of difficulty at the moment, as in like, I'm getting loads of applicants that are that are, that are very capable, but some have got no CVs, some, uh, no CVs, some have got cover letters, some haven't. And I'm like, I'm already trying to get through them as quick as I can. And it's like, because it's because it's quite a, because it's a very visual thing, you need to just see someone's work to be able yep. to kind of make a judgment call process feels a bit longer but i don't know if i should just cull it even harder and just think like look no cover letter no cv uh, no cover letter with no obvious links to their work like i'm out like i've sent emails to a few people saying have you got a link to a showreel or something because it's like they've got track records on their cv but no link to anything that i can check yep. it out at. but I'm, I'm just gonna sack all that off now because the there's too many too many people applying that have got links to things that I can just make that decision quicker that if they've not taken the time to just add those things. So the reason I asked that is why Why did this guy, Is because he had the cover letter that made you look into it a bit more.
1: Yeah, so he had it a cover letter and then, then it work. made me pay attention to his CV. So his CV, when I'm, mm. when I'm hiring for a creative, I want to see them have designed, this is just, maybe it's... Uh, I've got the wrong expectations, but I like to see they've they've designed their CV mm. like it's their it's their portfolio. It's like show me you're a creative person. Don't have black and white text formatted with no life coming off the page because mm. that's that's not what I'm wanting from a designer. Um, so the cover letter made me look at his CV and I thought, okay, it's a bit boring. But then when I read through the CV, I thought actually, he's he's clearly interested, he's interested in a number of different activities that result in him having to have learned graphic design before he did it as a, at uni. Mm-hmm. And he's just fresh out of uni. So this was interesting, but then I thought, actually, have you got any, I took the energy to reply, um, and apologies if this sentence didn't make sense, I've just had a coughing fit my <laughs> right side. Um, I took the energy to reply and ask him for a portfolio of work back. Um, not to jump around the house too much H, but from what you just said around, have they got any work and just to call mm. them quicker. When we spoke about this last week, is let's think of this like a funnel of activity. Uh, and sometimes it's their fault, sometimes it's ours. Mm. So what I'd say is go back to the job description and say, please note, if you're applying for this role, the only applications that will be considered are people that send across examples of previous work. Mm. So then you've just got it black and white in the job description, and you can just ax every single person, like mm. 95% of people will yeah. be gone. And then you're just having to yeah. work through people's portfolios. Yeah,
0: because I, I paused it, because I've, I'm even getting applicants that have just got nothing. Like someone's like, so, yeah, no, we won't, we won't get into it, but, but it was like I'm, like, I'm looking at your CV.
1: bashing exercise. I'm like, I'm looking at
0: the CV, I'm like, okay. Okay, you're in a completely different industry. I get that you want to find something new. You've been and, there, and no cover letter, no link to anything else. Not even like a hey, not even like a hey. I'm completely fresh to this industry, but I'm willing to learn. I'm fucking none hungry. of that. It's yeah, just yeah. like CV. <laughs> what like, do you do? Well, Skilled well, labor and M6. <laughs> basi- yeah, basically, <laughs> no, like they, they they were in like a good position in in like the construction industry, but it was like I've not even got like a. Re- you could have misclicked for all I know. Yeah. I've got three cameras in my wish list on Amazon. I'm really keen, guys.
1: <laughs> so um, pull it back to this designer role. This this hiring, um, we actually did the interview together because this person's going to be sitting basically with mm-hmm. with slash underneath you to to manage that role to to get what mm-hmm. we need out of them for the company. Um, I guess I want to throw it over to you. What did you think of the interview style and and the process that we went through? What were your initial like? Huh, Interesting. Mm
0: people people that come for the interviews are always a bit like taken back by how different they are because it's not like sit in front of us, we're going to grill you with the usual, um, when you've had conflict in the workplace, how have you resolved it? Like all those like cheesy kind yeah. of questions. Don't get me wrong, some of those are valuable depending on the role. Um, like for example, that would be applicable for sort of my sort of role, but on set, like yep. if, if talent isn't willing to do something or whatever. But it's a very laid-back, like show me your stuff, tell me about you, um, and I think that instantly makes people think, like, what kind of what kind of magical place am I in? Um, but I think what was more interesting was his uh, his portfolio. He he had like a a thing. Did he say he did it at uni? That was like his life. That it was like manifesto. three images. Yeah, manifesto, manifesto. that was it. Yeah. It was like three images that represented Him and his his life or his journey. Um, but yeah, it was more just getting him to talk about that, and I think for for these sort of roles, it makes sense because it's like, sure, I'm looking at your portfolio now on the screen. Talk me through it. Exp- just go explain. And yep. normally, when 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 someone's talking about like the best way to get someone to speak is to get them to speak about themselves or their stuff that they they're passionate about. So if they're just like. Yeah, I did that as a as a project and that was that was good. But, that's
1: that's the key thing. Mm. 100%. That's like if they're at, to get them at their best of what you want to see, it's hey, you clearly love graphic design. You've got a really really cool portfolio. You've got app design in there. You've got this cool thing called a manifesto. Like you've got all this crazy stuff in there. Can you just talk me through it? And if he was like that, like, oh yeah, I did that for uni. I got told to do that. Yeah, that was for an app. Like mm. fuck. Yeah. Okay. See, like a six minutes in, yeah. Poof, gone. Yeah. His
0: his uh, his competition things that he did was were really interesting because that was something that he, I assume he, sought out and applied Volunted. for and yes. did that himself. Yeah. And then, like when he explained kind of his thought process behind it, it showed that he was uh, a, a thinker that could kind of look at other examples kind of reverse engineered systems in place and try and reapply it to something that made sense on, yeah. on the challenge. Yeah, I think the key thing is there is a uh, Thinker uh, because mm. some of
1: these stuff he didn't actually get a brief for. It was just like, hey, Nike want to do, or Adidas, I can't remember who it was, Adidas, Adidas. Adidas. Adidas want to do a new app. They want it to be this, go. And it was like two lines of a brief. And what he did is looked at what other social networking apps mm. were doing and then brought it all in. He had to go and do the research for the sort of the, yeah. the brand guidelines. Basically, he just showed that he could go with a relatively small brief and think about a user yeah. and how to convey that through design. And that was really interesting to me. But then we hit the really interesting stumbling block in the interview, which I was like, well, cool, what do you want? His name's Leon. I was like, what do you want, Leon? And he was like, well, I, I want to come <laughs> in. Job. He's, two, yes. <laughs> He's a, Is that well, you've there. got it. <laughs> He's like two weeks out of uni. Um, and... He was like, well, I want to come in, I want to learn. And at this mm. point, I kind of turned him, I and this is all about setting expectations. I kind of told him this wasn't the place for him as bluntly as that. Mm. So he, he positioned
0: is it. it. His, his words were he wanted to come in under, he, he would like the idea to come into a, a company that's got an established design team, would like to, go be taken under the wing of a seasoned vet that can tell him the ins and outs and techniques and like just be mentored into yep. this this higher position and you were like <laughs> you'll be mentoring <laughs> yourself mate <laughs> well I,
1: and that's the key thing i think so many people when they're hiring they tr- when they see a talent in front of them they'll basically bullshit their way through mm. and set the wrong expectations which i think will bite them in the ass in the long run so we're not the company that if you want to come in we've got an established graphic design team like he will be the graphic design team and he's two weeks out of uni and I think the the thing is for me I wanted to set that extremely clear the way that I did that was explain that from what I've seen from him and the reason he's in the room in the first place is he's clearly smart and talented Mm. Uh, and they're a dangerous combination I said if he comes in here he's not going to be given any coaching on graphic design he's going to be the graphic design team I said, but what he will do is learn how to liaise with clients, mm-hmm. how to work as part of a team, especially a young, growing team. If he wants to have a lot of responsibility early on, this is a great place. If he's good, he's going to excel. And that's why we've got some really good case studies, air quotes, um, under our belt, which is people like Matthew Ford in our team, straight out of uni, wanted to be a salesperson, couldn't sell shit, couldn't sell water to someone in the Sahara desert. Uh, like the guy is not a salesperson, <laughs> but we found something that he was good at and he's been here for three years and he's now a manager. Hmm. Like that's the path we can take people on. And I just shared that with Leon, it's like, if you're really good, we wanna place bets on really good people that want a lot of accountability. You could, rather than working 15 years to get to a, I don't know, a senior designer in a large agency, you could be managing a graphic design team here in three years. Simple as that. Mm. And then it's sort of taking a, a leaf out of the GOAT agency book, as, as we've mentioned in the past, 120 staff, average age of 24, like age is literally irrelevant. And the fact that he's been doing graphic design stuff for like six years before uni, mm. through the gaming stuff he does, I just thought amazing guy, want to hire him, but he needs to understand that he's not gonna get the coaching. He's smart enough. If I ask him to do something, he's clearly smart enough because he's done these briefs on his own. As a, as, a, as, a, um, as a project with very little guidance. He's clearly smart enough to work it out. I want him to come in and basically run the graphic design element and grow within the company, uh, not be coached along for two to three years. So I literally said, this isn't the place for you though, mate. Here's what we do really, really well. Here's what we're not. You need to decide what's mm-hmm. most important to you and please don't decide now. But then we asked him to step out and then we had a quick chat and we both looked at each other. What were your
0: thoughts at that point? Just really smart, really talented. Um, Culture-wise, what did you think? Yeah, I think he, I think he'd be a good fit. He's, I think the the main takeaway from him as a as a person was he's obviously motivated enough to self educate as well. So that's why when you were saying like, look, this isn't the place for you if you're like trying to go on someone's wing. That sort of thing would be great if you're going to do six months at a place because it's with this person that's very revered in their industry. But I think as a company to come into this is an amazing opportunity for most people if they can get here because you are kind of hitting you're climbing the ladder from the first rung as opposed to coming in at the top Um, but I think he is driven I think he's got enough personality to be to get on with everyone but he's also driven enough to make sure he's focused on getting tasks done yeah really well put
1: really really well put um, agree with everything you just said, to be honest. So we had that conversation in person. glad I got that on recording. <laughs> He's going to loop that at the end of everything that he says. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree with everything you said. So we asked him to step out just so we could have a quick chat. Uh, and I did that because I thought I want to hire him. Hmm. But I want to speak to you about it first. And he came back in and long story short, we just offered him the job on the spot. And I told him not to accept it. Hmm. Uh, because he had another interview the following morning and it sounded like it was with a larger agency of
0: a slightly different role. That was role. like a marketing yeah, role. Yeah, it wasn't, you it, could
1: tell when he was it, talking about it, it. I was like, you go to that, you it, see what the other side is he, like. He even mate.
0: said it, he said, the only reason I applied for it is because it had the words like Photoshop and Illustrator in the, in the job description as well. So I was like, okay, <laughs> okay.
1: So I basically, we made an agreement, he came back in and it was about showing him how excited we are. Mm. Most importantly, it's, we would interview a few other guys that week and we didn't, do, we, we didn't do this with them, clearly. No. He just felt like a good fit and I wanted to move fast as I've told the team, we're ready to go now. So offered him the job and said, do not accept right now. Go to your interview tomorrow morning, see what the other side is like. It's a big agency, whether it's marketing or not, you'll see how they treat you compared to how we treat you. Um, then let me know. But if you want to accept, tell me and we'll get you in. What's your notice period because he's doing a part-time job right now. Mm-hmm. He's got a week. So at the point of recording this, Um, I don't know the actual date today. Let me just quickly check my phone. Um, That doesn't tell me the date. 28th. Thank you, 28th. He starts next Monday, the 3rd. So Leon's to the team. Going to be looking forward to getting him on the mics. Probably not straight away. It'll be a bit daunting. Probably like two (laughs) or three months in, I will get Leon on the mics and have his side of what it was like to be interviewed by us. I think that'd be interesting while it's still fresh. Um, And then I guess uh, my takeaway from that is if you are actually trying to move fast, Make fast decisions like just mm. place the bets if you find a good person in front of you, uh, place the bet and go because that's the bottleneck in our business right now i I'm, I'm ready like I'm really really ready I've got the
0: confidence in what we do we just need to scale it up and I know we've been kind we've we've been hiring people before, but I feel like we've really stepped up a gear or at least your intentions have what's the what's the rocket up your ass at the moment that's making <laughs> this happen um, yeah good question i think
1: i think it just comes down to in a young company you've got so many unknowns mm. as in like is the product right um is it the right time like is that feature needed like you've got all these questions like have we got the right people in the right place doing the right thing like is revenue going to be like you've got all these doubts mm. i think what's happened is as we've grown up as a company year on year on year we've just refined who we are and we've got more confident and I did an exercise as I mentioned at the top of the show like for 3 months what is the strategy? I went into a board meeting there's no new bells and whistles there's no new strategy it's just do what we do now because we're really fucking good we just need to do it mm. bigger and better. So the whole focus for me has just been people because that's where that's what will make or break the company getting the right people in. So for me it's I'm probably not moving slu- uh, faster than normal I'm just paying attention to it. It's a priority for me right now. So rather than thinking about it once a month, I'm thinking about it every single day and dedicating time every single day to do interviews and telephone interviews and job applications and LinkedIn and trying to poach people from other companies, trying to do all of that. Mm. It's just at the top of my priority list for the next three months because I now know if I put the right people in the right place, this company is just gonna go.
0: And on that note, we shall now move in to listener questions. Right after this short break. All right, Adam, I got a cue for you. And it's very relevant. What? Why are you giving me the finger pointing? Speaking of pointing, to go off on a massive tangent right now. By the
1: way, I was not finger pointing, I was Usain bolting, but carry
0: on. Oh, that was terrible. That was the beaches this way kind of point as opposed to Usain Bolt. That was the limpest thing about mirror. So I nearly had a full blown argument with the wife last night because. We're in the car (laughs) and she pointed at something and she pointed at something across your eyes, which was behind us. Oh, okay. But she pointed like that. And, but like the line, but I'm like, I'm looking over my shoulder because of the way she's pointing. I'm thinking, oh, she's like, because I didn't see what happened is, is she's gone and scooped her arm all the way around and pointed over her shoulder like that. How would you point to something behind you? Exactly. You you do. <laughs> this the, is the worst audio content you, for anyone you, listening. But you'd go, for example, right right hand in a point, and you'd go across the body and over the shoulder. Yes. Because then. For any anyone looking, they see the line. They see they see the twist. They see the direction. Such in a storyteller.
1: The way you're describing this is you're what, such a storyteller. <laughs> but what the
0: wife has done is she's just gone and scooped her arm up and under and pointed back on herself over her own shoulder. Looks so awkward. Exactly. But that doesn't like. But how you, does you, this you, result in an argument? Because I'm like, I can't see what you're pointing at. And then I was like, and then she goes, I'm pointing behind me. And then I looked at what she was actually <laughs> doing to point, and it was like. This the gasket outrageous. is blown. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of hiring, <laughs> I want to switch over. Well, this question makes us switch over a little bit into firing. Okay, let's go. And it asks How do you fire someone who's not performing as well as you'd hoped? We've we got a name for this person. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, we'll t- I'm going to say. Billy no-name. Billy no-name. Because my notes are terrible. Uh, Apologies. Sh- sorry.
1: No, no, no. It's not It's not your notes. I remember this coming in. Uh, it was asked to be unnamed. Okay. It was asked to be unnamed. Probably because they're looking to fire someone, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, so how do you fire someone that's not performing well as hoped? Um, first thing I want to say is um, take it on yourself. So the book stops with you as a CEO or a founder. Uh, it's your fault. You hide them. Um, so... Is make sure you own it. And the reason I say that is because it sets the tone for the rest of the conversations moving forward. Uh, so you've hired this person, they're not performing well. And that's either because you've hired the wrong person or you haven't coached them. It's mm-hmm. um, it's it's one of, it's always one of those two. It's never they are the wrong person because you placed a bet on them. Okay? Mm-hmm. So it's your fault, start with that. Next thing for me is do it as soon as you know. So as soon as you know that person is not the right fit for the role, for the company, for the culture, uh, and it, they might be an A player, but really poisonous on the culture. You need to eject them quicker than anyone else in the business because the damage that they can cause is just exponential. Um, so as soon as you know that you need to get rid of someone, it's probably already too late. You probably already should have done it. But as soon as you can like, verbalize it to yourself and say, I need to let go of that person, it's too late, but do it as soon as physically possible. And then when you do it, do it with compassion. And what I mean is... Uh, just because they are shit in your company, if you if you if you're feeling negatively about them, you go, "This person's shit for my team. They're not performing." That's on you, not on them. So make sure that when you have a conversation with them, it's compassionate, and you you breach that in the first ten seconds. Maybe that's a bit hard. First thirty seconds of sitting down. What you don't do is sit down and, hey, Harry, how's it going? Talk to me oh, about yeah, your projects, got, blah, 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 blah. You've got to let them
0: know they're gone.
1: Take the bandage off, like <laughs> rip it off straight away and have the rest of the conversation working out how you transition them out of the business. And the thing that makes most sense for them, not for you. Because what will happen is you grow the company, is you'll have a reputation. And if you are really bad at firing people and don't support them and you burn bridges really fast, we're in a relatively small ecosystem here in Tamworth. Mm-hmm. And even if we went to Birmingham, the entrepreneurial tech scene is relatively well connected. You don't want that reputation for your business. So do it with compassion and do it quick. Harry, things aren't working. The rest of this conversation is about how you're no longer needed within the company, but I want to make sure that the transition for you is as smooth as possible. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that you find somewhere that is a good fit, because right now this doesn't make sense for either of us. And when I, I know we're both not enjoying it. So go go into the conversation. <laughs> and on that note, guys, <laughs> I was
0: just see a glimpse of what's. Going and on. that that's all fine and well. Yep. As a step by step process, but when you say you say when you're feeling the negative feelings, it's probably too late. Yep. How do you um? So like where my head went with that was okay. Someone's not performing. But if they're not performing, obviously, rather than just going right, sack them off. Yep. Surely you'd be like, okay, we need to like have a conversation, and maybe it's because they're not really understanding something about the role. Like, uh, there's obviously a tipping point between okay, I've tried. You need to obviously try and help them because maybe they're just not getting something, and they yep. might they might still be an A player and still succeed in the same role. But where's the line? Because there's, yeah, there, really there's steps in that before yeah. you go like you're out the door.
1: Yeah, I spoke about it very binary in terms of like, if you're not performing, you're gone. Mm. No, there's there's this window of once you know they're not going to... Let's reframe it. Once you know they're never going to perform at the ability that you need them to, never going to perform.
0: Assuming that you've gone through Assuming steps. you've gone
1: through a, a weekly review, a bi-weekly update, a coaching session, yep. a pay for them to do some training, mm. invest in that person because the cost that it is to get rid of them, rehire, especially if you're using agencies, mm. is a fortune. So just take some of that money and time and deploy it into them and see if they get to where you originally thought they'd be because you placed the bet in the first place. Once you know they're not gonna perform, then you have that conversation. Mm. On the flip side of it is regardless of how good they are, as soon as you know they're a bad culture fit, and we're a 12-person team. If 11 people say that person's a dickhead, get them gone. Harry, you're actually performing really well here. The clients love your video, but I'm just going to tell you as it <laughs> you're is. You're the biggest prick. <laughs> 11 of our 11-person team just one. don't enjoy working with you. And as a CEO, you're really talented, but I have to protect my culture here. Um, this isn't the place for you. There'll be plenty of places for you in the future, but we need to work out how we transition out of the business because I'm issuing you notice now. You've got four weeks. Blah. This go is, into it. It's getting a
0: little personal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm going to do is when I find you, I'm create a mashup of all these shows. But like Harry, I've actually told you this several times, and we've got it recorded. So, and
1: you've never taken the hint. You just keep arriving <laughs> just every keep morning. Keep it I'd <laughs> <laughs> um, say so. That's what I do with when it comes to letting someone go. Is um, do it straight away. Uh, do it compassionately, understand it's your fault. But then once they're out of the business is do a post-mortem on the whole thing. Like work out where you you failed as the person hiring that person. So did you not do your due diligence on them upfront? Did you not ask them the right question? Like the reason that they failed, work out why and reverse engineer that.
0: Yeah, the assumption being that you could probably get most of, you should have been able to kind of extract this information during the interview process or the initial hiring phase exactly I've got some probation. really good
1: advice uh, which I'm going to end this question on which is hire slow and fire fast
0: I live and die by that I think it's so important but doesn't that contradict the speed in which you're trying to hire
1: uh, no because I think the, to go back to my usual statement this is nice it puts a bow tie on it all is when the level of impact the downside impact they can mm. make on the business is high I, do, I, I hire them over a period the long cycle Alan Graves BDM Mm. I hired him as a consultant for nine days. That means I keep him in my sales funnel and I'm dedicating time on him still, but I am making sure I tick as many boxes as I can before giving him that job offer.
0: Makes sense, makes sense.
1: Harry. Adam. (laughs) I'm super interested to know where this goes. So this rocked up in our inbox. Uh, So this is from Jane. Harry, where do you feel that Adam is the weakest as a CEO?
0: I mean, we've only got 30 minutes left on the show. Um, what? <laughs> Tricky one, because I, I can't say... One, it's probably not something I think about like objectively. It's not like, hmm, how do I critique Adam as a CEO? So I've never really thought about that. Um, I mean, I guess I'd probably need to really understand exactly what a CEO's full kind of responsibilities are.
1: Right, agree, but rather than go into the granularity of like, because I know what my role is, and I think the team only know, and this is a fault of mine, I should probably communicate a little bit more of what goes on behind the scenes. They probably only see me do 40% of my work. Uh, 50% of my work, they see. 50%, no one sees, because it's just CEO stuff, which is like admin, mm. legal, funding, finance, blah, accounts, blah, rubbish. Uh, from the stuff that you see, and I'm really going into this, so I quite like this question. Uh, where do you feel like I need to improve the most? Let's, let's say it's weak. Let's just say, where's the thing that you say, Adam, actually? If you could do this better, I think the company would overall be a better place to work or we'd be better performing or we'd make more money. What is it?
0: I think that's a very difficult question because, I, because, I've, never, because I've never really thought about, never really thought about that kind of question before.
1: I don't want to keep teeing this up and circle around it. Uh, no, way. I
0: honestly don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd feel like I'd... Okay, let me reframe d- it then. Need to review. Where you. have you
1: become most frustrated with me just as a manager,
0: not necessarily as a CEO? Um, it's re- I, I'm, I'm honestly not sure. It's a really tricky question. Shall we park this one? (laughs) I would probably recommend parking it, yeah, just because it's... But with the commitment that we'll find something and we'll bring it on in the future. Because I... Purely because I've never really... Because I'm not thinking about it. Because there's not... If there was something glaringly obvious that was like, fucking hell, he keeps, like, doing this, then it'd be easy. But there's there's no one thing that's like, Adam, you keep doing this and it's interfering with whatever. Yep. So... I suppose,
1: well, on a flip see side... That, see a, that as a positive. Exactly, on the flip side to me, I'm going to take it as a positive, is there's no one thing that I'm doing that is pissing you, or because you're close to the team, I guess, consistently across mm. the team, pissing people off. Um, I'm going to use this as a question to sort of pin, put a pin in and then come back through. I'm probably going to ask this to different members of the team in the next week or two and bring it onto the mics.
0: I think, I think you'd do better to ask them well ahead of time. Yep. Because, the, net, yeah, because, the nature of these questions we to, ping them at each other. Because to drop, to drop that big critique question, it, it, I think because it's such a large question, I think if you give someone like a week to think about how... It's like, f- flip it around. It's like saying, guys, I normally review you. Let's turn, let's turn this around. I want you to review me. Not a full length yep. one-on-one or whatever, but if you could give me feedback as a CEO m- manager mentor whatever yep. Like, what's the feedback you've got is there anything you'd like more from me and things like that
1: super interesting because like, timing is quite good for this because uh, we're actually going to start doing a customer feedback a, cut, a customer satisfaction review every four months where for every customer that's paying us a penny uh, whether it's client facing or uh, a, a trade paying as £8 pounds a month or a, a brand paying as £80 grand a year whatever the numbers are I want to hear from them more often By doing the account manager's role for the last couple of months and then spending more time with the community, I feel like there's a slight problem occurring from a community facing customer service element is we sometimes forget that these are the guys that pay the bills. Mm. Uh, So I just want to make sure that we bring that top of mind. And then we have basically an MPS score that we review every four months. So then the team can know exactly what's top of mind. Because what happens is we don't hear about it until it's a problem. Whereas I know our team internally care deeply about the trades and our community but because there's no uh, convenient way to do a flow of communication, mm. uh, that causes problems because it's like, hey, we really care internally. You really yeah. care about us and our company, but there's no, there's no method to say, hey, actually, this is top of mind for us right now. So this comes down to the post I put in the Facebook group, just to, I guess, get this in here, which is I haven't done what I used to do for a very long time. Pick up the phone and say, how is business? How can we help you better? So, I put four hours in my calendar last week, and four hours is a lot of someone's time to just call through our community. Out of those calls, I one felt amazing just speaking to our members, and it wasn't all positive, but hearing from people that care about us and want us to do well and why they're frustrated, you can then do something about it. Like that, I'm trying to create as a not a oh, Adam will do it every year when he when it all of a sudden becomes important again. We need a, a process around how us as a team, speak to our community. And I guess the pull it back full circle is part of this. It's making a feedback loop for the team, for me, to be able to give feedback on me, what I'm doing.
0: Well, we can actually do, um, so for example, in Intercom platform that we use to speak to people through live chat and emails and things like that, you can actually turn on chat feedback. So like, how did your interaction with this customer service advisor go today yeah and they can rate it and things like that we've just not turned that on because probably because we don't want to know the answer no no but weirdly i i I don't believe
1: that i think because the people that we deal with we do great work it's the people we don't hear from mm. that might have a problem because they don't know the best way to channel it there's so many people in our community that don't know we have a facebook group or Don't know, a live chat is in the menu in the
0: app, and you can speak to us. Yeah, so what the one of the issues like Facebook's all right, but the problem with that is it's a public thing. And when someone's having a little problem that's probably a simple fix, it's so frustrating from an internal point of view when someone says, and through no fault of their own, the language they use is this is broken. Yep, what's happening? When in actual fact, the, the usually the solution is like, I'll oh, do this, do that, and it should be done. But like all people read on on a Facebook feed is this is the problem. And and then what is nothing literally blows is perceived to be something that's riddled with issues. Because if you look to I imagine any any service company or, or product based company, like even the best companies in the world, things have problems on a daily basis by the hundreds, thousands millions of units. But yep. because you don't see like like think of think of apple for example we love our apple products because they're very reliable but if you actually look at how many get sent back on a daily basis it's probably thousands of units get sent back for repairs but because you don't see an interaction at the customer service level with people having a problem you're not aware of it there's
1: no public thread of all the returns yeah there's forums
0: of people complaining but it's that's just that's just a forum
1: but the most important thing for that is how you speak about that because that's the problem not you. I'm saying that because we see that and internally we're like, fucking, up. like, you just click these three things. There's not a bug. It, it fucking works. Mm. You just haven't turned it on. And we get angry. It's like, fucking hell. Like, why is this in this group? It's not a bug. And now all of a sudden the group thinks there's a bug when it's this guy that doesn't have to fucking work. Yeah. And I'm using that language because that's how we mm. that's how we think about it. And that's how we feel. And then that creates this. Oh, but
0: that that's how they speak as well. I agree. So but that's,
1: then then that creates this little bit of a, friction, unnecessary Mm. friction within community and team. So my personal opinion is if we created more flows of one-to-one, how are you getting on? Can we help with something? Which is what we generally want to do. We want to help. Uh, It will just allow for faster feedback loops and create more points of contact that they don't feel the need to go in and smash the keyboard and say, this thing Mm. is broken. It's an education piece. It will never be fixed, but I think... To pull it all the way back to the original question is feedback cycles are super important, and create a process for them to allow this to happen. Is, yeah, is and, what I'm taking and away. And
0: we don't, we do, we also don't report on um, our interactions with customers at the moment. Yep, which we could do. Yep, agree. So, something to look at definitely. Um, we are getting a little long in the tail here, Adam. So we need to start wrapping this up. So after this short break, we will be back with last week, this week and what we're into.
1: So I guess one of the things to cover off is in the previous show, I highlighted that in my calendar for that week, uh, I had a, a meeting with what could potentially be a meaningful partner here for us at Expert Trades.
0: And what is a meaningful partner?
1: Um, so I'd say we measure it in terms of, is it a high impact for our core product? So is this gonna help us hit our core KPIs much faster? Uh, so normally it's either like a, a distribution deal or something like that. Um, or is it low to money, to put it really bluntly? is like, is it a really meaningful size deal? And the reason that's important is because when we take the profit and we then reinvest that into something meaningful for our core business. It's how we funded it for the first, I don't know, three years. But I guess the only, I want to rattle through this, but the only thing I want to cover off is that process was really interesting. Went to have a dinner the night before and that allowed us to sort of like ask what are we actually trying to achieve and get out of this in a fairly informal environment, have generally good communications and conversations and really get to have a feel for the people, not just the business. Uh, Because if we do this deal, it will be really well integrated in terms of them, their culture, us, our culture. Mm. So that was really interesting. What that allowed us to do is have a really productive morning the following day. So we had four hours put aside and we actually had a really weird process. I was speaking to um, their MD on the commercials And then Mark was speaking to their IT director on technology. And their MD sort of opened this up with a really interesting phrase, which I just wanted to get on the mics, I guess. Uh, It's just a a point for me to remember. He says, guys, just to set expectations for the rest of the day, we're going to talk about this as if the deal is done. Because otherwise, we get caught in, if if that percentage Mm. is right, if the lawyers will agree to us do that, if that's GDPR compliant, if the and then the whole day just becomes ifs, maybes and buts, and then we just don't get anything done. So we're gonna talk as if it's done and at the end of the day we're gonna work out if we actually want to do it. So that and that was really interesting mm. and helpful yeah. because he sort of he set the expectations because if he hadn't, as we're going through that two, three hour, listen to his terms and the way you speak about it, I would be like oh fucking hell, deal done, great. Set the expectations, let us know this is still a, a dating process so we did the commercial side and then Mark did the IT side and while Mark's over doing the IT I was like Matt curiously what's your IT director want with Mark he says well people normally fit into one of three brackets he says you're a young company we basically and to use my terminology we want to find out if it's a fucking circus here Mm -hmm. is in like do you actually have any processes young companies tend not to and then they grow up into them where are you in that cycle and you've set out on a really big vision which is really interesting to us so it's are you 90% likely to achieve 60% of your vision? Are you 60% likely to achieve 90% of your vision or are you full of shit? And he put it like that and I was trying to get my head around it. And I guess what it is, is how how much are we actually trying to swing for the fences and what's our actual ability to get Mm -hmm. there? So he says, when my IT guy comes back, he's going to say, yes, these guys are capable and we should do the, continue the conversations to do a deal or no, they are not a good fit and they are too startup in air quotes and the, the processes are not right, that our companies will just have too much friction working together um, or they're full of shit, they've got a great idea and they've just got a team of people and it's an agency and they make money by selling advertising space and all the technology and the data and the platform they say or they want to do it doesn't exist long story short, reconvene at the end of that session and they're like IT guy was like, super impressed with Mark. So give Mark his props, like the processes and all the backend stuff, the stuff that I really don't know much about mm. and then get <laughs> like, tell Mark, no, 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 we're not doing that. And Mark's like, no, no, I need to do five days because the servers and the scale. I'm like, no, will the user see it? No, just then, flick
0: it. the switch, Mark. Flick
1: the switch. If the user doesn't see it, if not gonna increase their revenue, fuck it, we'll do it later. And Mark has been like, no, that's been super helpful. To a point, like, there's there's points of contention and we find a nice balance <laughs> a balancing act. But um, so what he's built is really imp- important and impressive. Um, but I guess for me is I'll report back on this when I can be so um, sorry not so when I can be less cagey. I can't talk about this deal right now. There's the details. Um, once I can, I will. Just out of mm-hmm. uh, ethos of the startup diary, uh, as soon as I can become more transparent with it, I will do. And, and hopefully it will. It will allow us to prove out the thing that we think we can do in this industry. We can make a big impact. This will allow us to prove it if we get this deal right. But it has to work both ways for, mm. for us and them. Um, and then from me last week, uh, Adamil ben Curry, he's one of our members. So he runs an a, a, a electrical contracting business c- uh, called Electrical Innovations in Derby. Only reason I want to mention this is one thing that I'm trying to do more of is just spend more time with business owners, people that I respect. So I'm trying to fill my calendar up with meals. Uh, and it's not anything apart from, let's go and spend two hours together, talk about what's going on in each other's businesses and just see if there's any ideas or shared problems or anything. Because what I've found is the more time I'm spending with people in this space, you're good in it.
0: I feel like there's a show there, Dinner Dates with Adam. <laughs> just two, <laughs> eyes two business up. owners, just put the mics on, maybe lav yourselves up.
1: Cool. The problem is with that is then you don't really get the openness that you'd mm. want like uh, the thing that I most enjoy and the people that I'm spending time with is just because we're really honest like the the real warts and all what's happened in the business uh, and what I'm trying to do is meet those same people every four months-ish put it in the calendar go and do it because then over time you start to learn and you don't have to pick everything up it's like oh what do you do blah 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 it's yeah. like actually yeah. since last time we spoke this is what was important um, so I just recommend people doing that to be honest is if there's people that you respect and it might be people that are just super smart they might not run their own business but try and surround yourself with people that um that you trust and people that can challenge you so um i guess moving on to my next week or this week should i say i'm actually out with sam at tribecto uh, tomorrow night uh, at nice. the point of this so um super super smart guy just uh <laughs> Did I tell you that? I was like, are you really committed to building your own business or do you want to come work for me? <laughs> like he'd be, uh, and Sam, if and when you listen to this, like uh, that's like a, an open offer and it comes down to hiring top of the show. Like just if you find good people, man, they're fucking priceless. Um, so uh, yeah, you'd probably be too expensive because he, he crushes it. So, um, But at 50% off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's it. H, anything anything from you, mate? <laughs>
0: just the the hiring thing is 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 probably the most um pressing thing on my mind at the moment yep. just because it's still a fairly new process to me I'm kind of in in the rhythm of it but it's like just churning through I think it has the potential to take up too much time you've heard me nudge you on that a few yeah. times yeah and and it's not it's not taking I don't think it's taking up too much time in the sense that like I'm wasting time doing it I think but where where the time sink is is by giving these people too much of my time uh, I'm if by them not sending an yeah. attractive cover letter and things like that I'm ending up giving them too much of my time because I'm like oh no cover letter let me check this out let me check so that's where I'm like I just need to be brutal yeah. which I can be I change
1: can. the description then just kill them off straight right. away 100% yeah. um And then anything for you this so for me this week I'm literally just spending it's a bit of a jolly for me this week actually. It's Tuesday today. Bank holiday Monday. Hate bank holidays. Um,
0: I I don't know, how dare they? No, you know what I mean. We've got nothing now till like July, August.
1: Um but just sort of spent I uh, actually enjoyed the bank holidays to be honest we, we did cinema and food and did some stuff on the MBS network that we're building um, and then uh, creating onboarding packs so I'm mm. in the office today and tomorrow only this week so um, for the new hires I want to get this right so I'm just creating onboarding setting all their accounts up ready so when they come in they know who they're spending time with
0: what they're doing what they're learning and they can just get off
1: to the races um, anything for you that's pressing this week? Uh,
0: just, just client stuff in the works at the moment okay. um, yeah just uh, a couple of projects. <laughs> One of them's like not creatively inspiring, and that's that's the thing I'm struggling with at the moment. Is that when like, I put my head
1: over you the other day and was like, Are "You okay?" Like, <laughs> <"Ugh."> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's just yeah. It, it the thi- what what irks me a little bit is it's like this would be a great thing for Leon because he would really do well at it. It's yeah, it, it, his style as his, well. His style yeah. just makes more sense for this type of thing. So I'm. I'm not begrudging it because it means that I get to force myself to try and learn a few new different things just to make it work but what basically the project is a non non visual doesn't make any sense but a non
1: you laughed at me when I used this term non in real life person shooting a non
0: filmed footage. Yeah. It's like screenshots so, yeah. and screen, screen flows. Screen grab screen flow illustrations, things like yeah. that. So it's like-,
1: like Leon's bag if with his style, which is a great indication that we've made the right choice. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because what we need as part of that department, we need more we need a mini you mm. in terms of the 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 stuff that you do now we just need someone to support. And then if you have got that person and Leon, like that whole creative department's like off to the races. Mm. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Um I guess that moves on to the next segment H which is what we're into which is anything, it business, tech, audio, read, whatever it is. Um, I'll start with mine. Mine's a little bit odd. So mines I'm in the process of learning about buy-to-let mortgages um, and if you can buy a house through a limited company. And this isn't for now. This is moving forward. I've got this crazy idea.
0: I which- don't know why, but I read this note earlier and never put the two together. But as soon as you said it, I realized exactly what you're talking about because... We've spoke about this before. I know. So, I know what you. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, we I, have. Was like, yeah. Buy to, I was so like, this Why you're looking is, for a second house? <laughs> <No>. Standard. <laughs>
1: know
0: okay. where uh, my wage is going. So that conservatory. <laughs> um,
1: no, so we, we've <laughs> kind of. I've kind of got this idea, and I want it. I want to start putting something on the bones of it, which is as a as a business expert trades. We deal with lots of trades professionals, and we deal with lots of brands that make stuff that goes that mm. goes into homes, um, and. Some things we struggle with right now is when we want to do a creative project for a brand, we can't find the set. Uh, as in, like we need a house that's got no wiring to put all Schneider Electric's cables and yeah. plug sockets in and we're, stuff like that.
0: We're we're very much at the mercy of projects, the trade and their projects and yep. the work that they've got on. That's a big limiting factor. That's what that's why a shoot that was supposed to happen like at the start of this month is yep. now not happening until July.
1: Exactly, so. and that's a problem. And that's a problem for clients because we want to move faster and simply the quicker we do the work, the quicker we get paid for mm-hmm. it. So if we've got brands that we can get materials from free slash discounted and we've got an amazing community of tradespeople and it's not that we get the work for free but we know who is good so we yeah. don't have that problem. I've got this idea that we uh, we create a pot, we create a new business which is like uh, and people that want to be involved, we, p- tradespeople specifically, we just put some cash in a pot and we go and buy a house. And then we do it up. Uh, well, th- we, the, the, that company does it up. And the, the benefit, the shared value is Expert Trades will get the products discounted or free. And mm-hmm. the, my business, Expert Trades, will make a benefit because we've got a set. Uh, that company will get a house renovated uh, with discounted products and discounted services from tradespeople because they're invested in and they get the upside. And then we flip it and we make a bit of cash. So what we do is we then have a a pool of people that own a company that buys houses, Expert Trades does it up with the help of the trade community and then we sell it to make a profit. Um, So that's, I think when I was looking at other ways as I want to grow as as a CEO and entrepreneur, Multiple revenue streams, super important, but I don't want to get outside the lanes that I'm in now. Mm. I want to do expert trades, where are the other adjacents to make money? And podcasting for us, NBS, like we love doing podcasting, so actually I don't want to reinvent the wheel, but what can we do that's interesting to, to generate some cash on that side of the business as well? And we can put a
0: studio in that house. No brainer.
1: Until we sell it, Harry, because we have to sell that house.
0: Uh, <laughs> let they, me they do the business a, they plan. can have a tenant they can have a tenant
1: so uh, that's, that's me mate that's uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of things I think I need to learn on that it's not going to be an overnight thing there's a, there's a long process to this mm. uh, and mainly because people are going to be putting cash in and it's just making sure that that everyone understands two things one that cash is going in is safe it's going against property but two we're not taking cash out like 10 years minimum mm like no cash out for 10 years because it just needs to be this compounding effect in terms of like buy a house, flip it, buy a house, rent it, buy a second, and like just to get a portfolio up. Um, and then it's it, uh, it works for me because it supports expert trades and it will support extra revenue stream.
0: That's where my head's at. And supports your new conservatory. <laughs> uh, and for me, not a lot. That's very uh, Well I suppose it is exciting When you think about it But basically I'm not really into anything Much other than like Baby stuff at the moment Because obviously the wife Is currently pregnant and she'll be for a while so i'm just kind of doing a bit of research on different bits and bobs but you can basically this is just a plug for another show but like with derek <laughs> but yeah if you want to if you want to kind of keep up to date with where my life sat where the wife sat with our pregnancy you can just go and listen to dad knows best just search for it on your podcast player of choice and we'll be all over it and that's where
1: me and h jump on the mics i'm a dad of 2 he's a dad to be and you guys know we've been best friends for a while mm. Uh, we just talk about what it's like to be a dad, uh, and I genuinely hope my wife never listens to that show.
0: <laughs> Although she's going to be on it once, so <laughs> yeah, that so will be, be fun. Pro- it's going to be a problem. Because so, yeah. then she'll
1: go and listen to the back
0: catalogue. Mm.
1: Uh.
0: My couch is not that comfy. <laughs> yeah, but with that new house, you can put whatever couch you want I'll wanted. be in the new house. I'll be the tenant for a period.
1: And guys, and on that glorious note of me sitting on the couch and moving out, um, thank you so much for staying with us throughout the whole episode. Um, this is our new format. We hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, if you've got any questions that you want answering on a future show, you can ping them into us. It's startupdiary at nbs.fm. That is startupdiary at nbs.fm. And if this is the first time you've listened to the show, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Um, This is what it's like every show, just real conversations. And uh, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed it. H, anything from you?
0: Subscribe to Daz Knows Best. (laughs) Dog <laughs> was sick on Sunday, on Monday, Monday morning. All its breakfast came up. All of it. Why? Every single bit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, because you weighed it in and you weighed it but out. Like, normally, you, um, like, he's been sick before. It's kind of a sicky, sicky sort of dog. But <clears throat> when he's been sick before, it's just been... Like oh he's he's sicked up a little bit and a little bit of his breakfasts come up, yep. up or whatever. <laughs> this was like every single gram of food that he'd consumed for breakfast was just in a nasty pile in the kitchen. Does he go, does he go anywhere specifically to be sick? <laughs> <Not really. laughs> Where he stood. L- luckily we were downstairs at okay. the time. But like he, he'd had his breakfast and then he was all kind of like mm, all. So like, eared and sit, looking a bit sorry for himself, we was just like, "Oh, why is he being so sweet?" And, then, <laughs> and the next thing we sat, we're sat on the sofa watching TV. Jumps off, goes in the kitchen, and then next thing you just hear this. <laughs> look over. <laughs> and he's Yeah, and it's just all of it was in one pile, and then he starts going around the kitchen. Like, oof, 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 oof. But he'd had all of it up. Is that when you bit. fuck him off outside the back door? And I, I was like looking at Emmy, I was like... <laughs> and she's like, it's your turn. <laughs> so I just chucked him back in the living room and cleaned it up. It wasn't too hard, it's just... It's not what you need, is it? <laughs> it's definitely not. Oh, gosh. Hey, guys, and welcome to episode one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, welcome to a new season.
0: <laughs> okay, it's from uh, the top. 319. At least you got your opener. My head was 1 9. At least you got your opener, mate. Idiot. Hey, guys, and welcome to episode 319. I am Harrison Mudge. And I'm with my co-host, Adam (laughs) Gallo. Also, it's a startup diary. (laughs) Oh, my word. Uh, Third time is a charm. I put an hour into making (laughs) the notes
1: (laughs) (laughs) and you can't do the fucking (laughs) intro. The one thing I didn't write down. (laughs) Oh,
0: gosh. Do you know what? I feel like it's been so long.